Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Picture Must Be Doing Something Right podcast. This is the fourth episode in a mini-series I'm doing called The Contenders, which is looking at the um, Best Picture nominated films from the 94th Academy Awards. I'm here with Isaac today. Hello. Hello, and my name's Joseph, and um, we are going to be looking at the film Coda, written and directed by Sean Heeder. And film stars Amelia Jones, Marley Matlin, Troy Kotzer, Daniel Durant, um, and I think that's about it from the main cast. And Ferdia Wolf Pilo, that's that's the name I was looking for as well. Uh, and the film is uh, the basic synopsis of this, according to Arnie B, is as a coder, which is a child of deaf adults, Ruby is the only hearing person in her deaf family. When the family's fishing business is threatened, Ruby finds herself torn between pursuing the love of, her love of music by wanting to go to Berklee College of Music and her fear of abandoning it, abandoning her parents. And this was a film that was released on Apple TV in the summer. It's a coming of age film, um, comedy drama. And uh, yeah, what did you make of this film? So yeah, well, as you said, it, 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 it Apple T, it's on Apple TV. They spent uh, twenty five million dollars. Yeah. On uh, distribution rights, so I think that did that break the records at Sundance. I know famously, like a little bit of sunshine broke records, and that was a bit of news, yeah, way back. But and it, then, yeah. and then the record was beaten after that by Birth of a Nation, wasn't it? But that was 15 mil, yeah. And now so, this yeah. is 25 mil, so this is this broke the actual record, it's not just oh, broke, yeah, because this is because this was a virtual Sundance, wasn't it? it was the first yeah. virtual one, um, mm-hmm. well, yeah. so, so it's and like it's becoming increasingly important for these streaming networks to get the right the right things because it's one it's a really competitive market and second of all if you get rid of the the possibility of um money from uh box office sales then obviously it's less competitive in terms of those kind of markets but yeah. massively and so in competing with netflix and amazon who have mm-hmm. uh controlled that market for the last like five years or so yeah so it, I think this is kind of for me. This was like it seemed like when it, before I saw it, this would be one of the best picture nominees that were more they, like they kind of do it, you know, the obligatory yeah. crowd please or the feel good. Yeah, the know, Little like, Miss Sunshine, the Juno, the yeah. Kids Are All Right, Lady Bird kind of thing. Yeah, uh, you know, like you know, it's, it's got you know, it's got like you know, it's you know, it's a you know, like I said, it, you know, it's got coming of age to a certain extent. It's you know, it's um, feel good, heartwarming. Yeah, and you know, usually and. Usually, I think I, I, you know, I really enjoy those, 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 yeah. uh, those, especially something like Lady Bird, but like Coda, I think I got to be honest. Of the best picture nominees uh, I've seen, and yeah. I've and I haven't seen all of them, so you know, mm-hmm. this isn't my final word on it. But I think, aside from you know, my you know, aside from setting aside my inner Dune fanboy and just mm. happy that Dune got best picture nomination and set that aside, I think Coda is my favorite of the best yeah. picture nominees. I thought this film was really good yeah like like it was it was really like it really did tug on my heartstrings i knew it was gonna do it i knew it was gonna yeah. you know where it's gonna, going but, yeah. you know where it's going but like, and like even with more positive reviews i've seen they've used for you know like oh, it's a bit formulaic oh, it's, it uses yeah. the cliches and all that sort of stuff and i was like yeah i could you see that, that i could see the cogs in the machine working but like it doesn't matter it's just done so yeah. well exactly. i don't know where, where to start with it really um yeah. I'll, I'll say that you know the film is going to be good when they start playing Etta James in the soundtrack, you know. Yeah, and it, you know, I think what this movie does best, you know, well, one of the things it does best, is it sh- it's not just about the power of music for people, 
but it mm. also shows that music isn't just a medium of sound you know that you know the sound you know one of the senses of, of that you know um of hearing it shows yeah. that music is you know it uses more than one sense it's about it's it's the sense of sight it's the sense of you know even the sense of touch because obviously touch within music kind of plays into uh, the film kind of they establish like it's like a, jo a throwaway joke you know in a, in a way yeah. like you know it's funny um i won't spoil what it is because i'm trying to avoid a lot I won't, the main spoilers <laughs> isn't really plot spoilers but it's jokes jokes yeah, yeah. you know because some because i think this is maybe one of the funniest films i've seen in quite a while mm -hmm. and it's like it's done it's like i won't say but it's like basically it's like when when obviously uh troy costa as uh ruby's uh father frank drives uh drives yeah, in, yeah. into us into her oh, school talk about that. It's in yeah, like the first 10 yeah. Minutes. Yeah. yeah and he's like you know picking her up and he's like playing like really loud music i think it's like gangster rap and he really likes the vibrations the vibration, of it yeah. and it's like it's all it's just seen as like a funny joke but then the, it later in the film and it won the key moments or sort of in the last act it's like it's one of the it's like one of my, yeah. maybe like the best scene it's the mem most memorable scene of the film yeah or one of them we'll talk about later yeah. yeah and it just it was just really powerful and that's the i think yeah. that's the scene that's like troy cox's oscar scene as well yeah that's the oscars that's the one they put in the, when they want to show a little clip i'm yeah i think you know like the acting across the board is fantastic. And even though this is, you know, Amelia Jones, you know, she's the lead, she's the protagonist, you know, yeah. and I didn't even know she was British until I watched like a making mm. of video. So, you know, great. Yeah, daughter great... of um, Ali Jones. Uh, who? Sorry. Ali Jones, you know, the, um, you know, Snowman. Oh, yeah. yeah. The kid, the kid that sings oh. that. It's, oh, it's, I uh, did not know that. Anyways. Um, I wonder how yeah. she got this job. <laughs> Don't say that. This isn't This isn't an after earth situation, mate. Anyways, um, I think like Troy Costa, like you know, his acting and his character as Frank is like the highlight of the movie. Also, you know, Marley uh, Matlin, you know, as yeah. well as them. Like those two, like really do steal the show and the scenes they're in. And like, if we're talking, I don't, as much as I could be very happy to see this uh win best picture and you know i think it, it it's got a slim chance but yeah. it's you know i could see i could see the narrative if, if it won i think that troy cost is my favorite to win best supporting actor and i really mm. want him to win like he's just just so phenomenal not just you know at you know in the dramatic moments but in the in the comedic moments as well and you know of the i was really surprised when i uh, after seeing this that like you know also like marley matlin didn't get a best supporting actress nomination because yeah, yeah. i think she did as good a job i know costa's getting all the attention and des deservedly so but she did a fantastic job as well yeah um might be because she's won before i guess yeah um but it's also interesting sort of the, the music choices and the music references they make in this movie yeah. sorry if i'm seeing a bit a bit you know a bit like disjointed in my thoughts but it's like it's not just oh it's not just oh they have good you know good music but like it's funny that like in like when when she starts joining the choir the kid he has a King Crimson Discipline T-shirt yeah and I see that I'm like I like this movie like this movie's like I'm gonna like it if it has a King Crimson not even just a King Crimson re reference but just that T-shirt I just wanted to buy that t I want that T-shirt so bad and I don't know if you know this I don't know well how well you know music but in but remember the scene when they uh, play a band called the Shags. I don't know if you know if I've heard of them or researched yeah. into it, but it's just, it's a really amazing this film that's you know you could arguably say you know it's very you know like traditional and mainstream like it's it's got this like obs like relatively obscure cult band that's like considered like you know who made like the best worst album of all time. I'm like wow, I was I was kind of I was kind of blown away by that. But um, yeah. again, what? What the film shows again, back to the 
thoughts of like you know showing how power, the, the universality of music and you know beyond the, the, the one sense that we would think music to be it, you know like what it reminded me of and this was like this is kind of why the film made me so happy i don't know if you've heard of this before um joseph but there's a thing in um some concerts but most famously at grateful dead shows called the death zone yeah. and the death zone would be a select would be a, a port you know a, a, an area of the concert where deaf people or people who, who are hard of hearing or cannot hear they would they would listen to the music or you know not listen but like you know how they would like join in is they would use balloons to feel the vibrations of yeah. music and you know with them they would have a, an interpreter doing the lyrics and it kind of shows you know music yeah, yeah. communities like even for people who you know or, or you know what who haven't don't have the ability or you know uh, or to hear it, you know they can still join in and that's what this film reminds me of like you yeah. know you know you're doing good when you reminded me of my favorite band of um all time um yeah i, I just want to ask you something yeah. about the um there's something that i've just been yeah, sure. researching with the film right mm -hmm. about its use of music and this is sort of like i was reading into the response from the deaf community about the film because i thought generally speaking it would be quite positive because yeah. if you look at the original film that it was based on it was a french film Mm -hmm. uh, called La Famille Bellier. It was criticised a lot by having two of the leads as um, people that aren't deaf. Um, and yeah. one of the three leads that are deaf in the film were actually deaf. And I thought it would get a this would get a better response because of having three deaf actors in those main roles. Yeah. But I was reading a bit into the um, the negative response to the to the film, and it sort of comes into you're saying about the way that the film uses music. I'm very bizarre, find it quite bizarre. Sort of like, um, so there's a woman called uh, Jenna Beacom who's a sensitivity uh, reader mm -hmm. and young adult author. She said that miss, um, that the, she found much of the film misrepresented, especially deaf people's competence and ability to thrive in 2021. And said that while thrilled that the movie exists in the sense that contributing to more deaf representation and hopefully more opportunities for better representation, she was very disturbed by how negatively the movie portrays the deaf and coder experiences. A deaf parent of the sing of a singer herself. Beacon found the film's assumption that being deaf means that you can't enjoy music or understand anyone else's enjoyment to be unfounded. Novich also said, um, I actually think that the story of a first-gen college student just um, just without the music, she could have been studying anything. And is more compelling anyway. I don't think that we needed music part for this to be an interesting story. Uh, no, but it was um, uh, Sarah Novich, the deaf writer, by the way. Um, yeah. Well, that's and I, I find it a bit odd that because I feel like music does play such an important role in it. No. And I feel like it's ultimately it works as a metaphor for parents understanding the interests of their children when they can't really it, understand the same thing themselves. Yeah, like obviously, uh, I can't speak, you know, for 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 the, for the um, hard of hearing community. Um. With the film, though, I think the usage of music is, again, as a metaphor, you know, it, it's like this kind of like, you know, obviously the main struggle of our lead is, you know, the balancing, you know, her passion for music and singing and her family's fishing business. And I yeah. think, you know, if I could give one, you know, one critique of the film, um, aside from the, uh, the uh, apart from the fact that, like, I'm surprised that even for a local station, they wouldn't have an interpreter, they wouldn't get an interpreter for the interview that happens in the film when yeah. they kind of got, they kind of create their own independent um, fishing business. 
is I think the film touches on it a bit. Um, this kind of uh, maybe could have gone more into sort of the intersectionality of of ableism and you know economics or you know and or, you know or you know law you know because you know they kind of they get a run in with the law you know uh, Frank and you know Ruby's um, a brother yeah um, and you know they can't they 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 can't do anything and I think that could have been something they could have gravitated towards more maybe that's just more me like you know with the subject matter but yep. if you know what i'm trying to say like you know it, but i don't think that's the point of the movie as such maybe that's yeah. just me sort of you know that's just an interesting you know thought because i think the no, film because... again the point of the, i think it's not the main focus you know mm. the main focus is more on ruby's story she's the protagonist and it is more yeah. of a, a coming of age story it's not you know like um like a, a, a you know a, poli- a political drama yeah, as I such think um it's something to it, easily portray on screen as well it's like yeah. if her passion was you know maths or something yeah it's boring just watching and just writing shortboard and stuff with yeah. music you have the element of performance the collaboration with um Freddie walsh pilo's character as well how can they get involved with each other what's going to bring them together within the narrative yeah. and also what's going to put the family in a situation where they can sort of understand mm-hmm. if if you know if if ruby's passion is something that's going to be highly paying and will sort out their business so they can retire yeah. comfortably anyway be a lawyer like, or be yeah, a doctor exactly. or something it's sort of like you can understand so it doesn't become an issue it doesn't become a conflict of interest does it no. well if it's something like singing that the family can't understand and especially when they're wanting her to stay and not really understanding the nature of her passion whether she's talented at singing or not as well is one of those things where and so, so that makes that that specific scene with Troy Kotzer towards the end of the film um, even more important because it realise because it it brings that heartfelt element to it. It's sort of like this is something that she's passionate about and something that she's good at. And being able to see her um, perform um, as she does towards the end of the film, mm-hmm. um, it becomes that sort of like important sort of eureka moment for them where they realise, okay, then. Um, you need to separate what you want and also letting letting your children go exactly it's like again to go back you know sort of the sort of maybe more you know like kind of more mixed or divisive response of the film you know film's representation of, of the hard of hearing um i personally you know and you know take my thoughts with a grain of salt but like to have you know have frank and have jackie you know because you could easily you know have have like Know, their you know their their disability it could be very dour or depressing or it's a a, a real struggle yeah. you know especially, not say they don't have yeah. struggles you know but i mean no but especially like with struggles that's... yeah, the, but, yeah because of that or like you know like a breakdown so, so, in, you know, yeah. with communication but like you know the fact that they're you know that they're, they're 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 very happy with each other for the most part you know and you know they're you know they're very you know active in that's active yeah. in a very you know intimate way Again, there's a there's a let's say there's a birds and bees scene in this film, and I, yeah. me and me, mom watching it, I don't think we've laughed that hard in, I can't even remember. Mm. Like it's it's weird because the film, I don't know, I wouldn't call the film a comedy directly, but it felt yeah. it was funnier than most comedies I've seen in quite some time. But that scene particularly, it's just it's it's such a great moment. If I don't know if if you know what the scene I'm talking about, it, yeah, um, yeah. is I know the one. Um, 
also like obviously this 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 movie has great soundtrack there's a lot of great cuts that they're going to throw in and i know it's a bit manipulative because if you know because you know you've got so much you know great music um you're gonna like make me happy you know it's, it's like one of the most simple things like a movie can do to make me um you know at least think it's uh all right but um without going into getting into into massive plot spoilers i thought the usage of Joni mitchell in the film yeah um and movies, you know, throughout the years have used it, you know, for different purposes. Like, you know, everyone thinks of like, you know, uh, the Love Actually scene with Emma Thompson, uh, which use, uses uh, maybe, a, I think, a different version of the same song they use in this film, Both Sides Now. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, to a lesser extent, Almost Famous used it. Um, they used River, uh, maybe more in the backdrop, but it's still, you know, like it's a, a key moment earlier on in the film. And, you know, Almost Famous is my uh, favorite film. So that's yeah. like the, the standard, you know, of, of usage of Joni Mitchell in music. But I think like this, like even rivals, you know, Almost Famous in how they use Joni Mitchell and obviously, you know, Amelia Jones singing it, you know, yeah. um, like it's it's. And signing it as well. Yeah, and signing it as well. And it's just like it's 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 such a great kind of crescendo of the film. And not just I don't mean just like because it's like in the later stages of the film, but just thematically, if that makes sense. Um yeah. like it um it was just it was it was like I'm not someone who cries like often at movies, and I didn't cry, I didn't cry, no, but I, I was know. close to like I was I was a bit tearful when when they did that because it's like it's such a, a it's such a a lovely moment it's almost like a way we could almost be like the key moment within a short film in of itself you know like um uh yeah um yeah we'll go into detail of that yeah to, uh, to explain uh, what it is fully um yeah. later on in the show um yeah so that that was also performed that song was also performed at the BAFTAs on, I watched that yeah that was uh, a, Sunday that was a and um Code did very well at the BAFTAs actually yeah. Based on it only having three nominations, it won in two categories. Mm-hmm. Um, it won in supporting actor and in adapted screenplay. Um, I just want to talk about the adapted screenplay uh, re- um, race quickly. Um, yes. So it's nominated um, alongside. So we we'll talk about it in terms of Power of the Dog being heavy favourite the other week. It's also nominated against um, Dune, Drive My Car, yes. and The Lost Daughter. And uh, when I first saw the film, it was one of those ones where I was thinking, yeah, this is a, this is a screenplay play. You know, something yeah. like something. I it reminded me of um, a Juno winning in supporting. Yeah, in, uh, well, you know, to a, to a lesser extent, I know it's, it's, I, I kind of joked with myself that like the film, this coda could easily be set in the same world as Manchester by the Sea. Yeah, like that film, it's filmed. Play, yeah. It, yeah, it won a for original screenplay, but obviously because you know the Massachusetts setting and that sort of thing. Yeah, like you know, and like, it's one of those. Yeah, it's one of those things though. Where I thought if it's in competing in original, has a very strong chance. Being in adapted makes it very difficult. Yeah, um, because again, Power of the Dog is such you know it's such a front runner in a lot of and the categories. Original screenplay is not very strong this year, and it's no. the type of film that would win in original more than it would do in adapted because it's quite an even though it's another, it's a difficult one. It seems yeah. like an original concept on paper. Yeah, this kind it, of it's, film. It's not an adaptation that it's like you know in the sense of oh, it's based based it's off a based yeah. a based a book or a play or something. It's based off a, another film, so you have to call it uh, best adapted. Like the especially, only thing, yeah, especially yeah, especially. Yeah, go ahead. No, but it's the only thing I would say, the only thing I've seen, you know, the only other source material I've seen of the best adapted screenplay um, of the, of this year is Dune, because obviously Dune is one of my favourite um, science fiction novels. Yeah. And like, for me, you know, obviously this isn't, I'm not I'm sorry to divert from, you know, we're not talking, I know we're talking about Coda and not Dune, but yes, how the film adapted the book, like it did, it did, I think 
it kind of in the same way of how Peter Jackson adapted Lord of the Rings in that the sense of like the film, like you know, it gets it, it, it with Dune. It's like it, it streamlines the the narrative, and not to say like I mean like uh, it, it streamlined the narrative. It focused more on the, it was more character focused personally for me. Uh, yeah. The Dune adaptation, while in the book, obviously, is still character focused. You know the the religious and the political aspects of the novel that are very more that are very more explicit are more yeah. subtextual. And there's a there was a key there's a key character um in dune um and what he does um to the atreides family which the book it, it's the same thing and it happens at the same time but it's it's structured differently and yeah. i think it makes sense for the film because it makes it to be a twist but the it's kind of like but in but in the book it's like you you know what you know it's going to happen but you don't know the it's, it's not if but how yeah so i think that's the that's my kind of opinion on Dune as an adapted adapted piece of work. Dune I don't think it will. Get it's not going to win above the line. No, I think yeah, I think Power of the Dog will easily. Dune will sweep in terms of the text. I've always yeah. I, sorry to but, make it yeah, to diverge from Dune. I think technical it will sweep it, and I think it's deserved so because I think it is. It's personal. not. It's, it's I, not a writing film. It's not a film where you no. come out of it. So like, oh, that's really well written. Well, you can make that argument with Coda. Yeah. Again, like, yeah, more. Think... So, it's a more of a written film than a directed film. Yeah, totally, exactly. Even though Shocking not... does a brilliant job are uh, both um, both roles. Yeah. Um, what else I, I think could... it has a strong test against the power of the dog. I think what's notable about it's winning the bastards is because it was against the power of the dog. That's what mm-hmm. makes power of the dog sort of like a, a weaker contender than it was when we recorded an episode on it a few weeks ago. They're mm-hmm. looking at, okay, this could pick up six, seven wins. I'm looking at, I'm struggling to look beyond two at the moment for power of the dog. And that makes it a weaker what contender. Do you think it will, what do you think it's the front runner for, for power of the dog? Director, mm-hmm. definitely. It's got director in the bag, mm-hmm. and oh, I can only think pictures. The only one I'm confident in at the okay. moment. I think the other it... one, the other, there's like a lot of ones that it could win. So, like um, cinematography, it can win. It can win editing, but I'm just not confident yeah. in any of them. And it's sort of like there's there's strong contenders. Dune could easily pick up five or six, you know, um, yeah. without even without even considering it. like something like. Score, I think that's interesting with, with the with the Oscars. Like in recent years, I've noticed even the big hitters, they do they are spreading them out more. Like they're trying to like have like as many not as have you know as many films win as many. So they do. Yeah, they do split it apart if that makes sense. So yeah, share the know, wealth. It's called is a fear. share the wealth is the phrase. Yeah, so Thank you. so that was that was. Most commonly seen, most notably, was in 2014 mm-hmm. when Birdman won Best Picture. Every single film that was nominated for Best Picture that year won at least one Academy Award. Yeah. So it was that was the definition of like sharing the wealth out. It has been, yeah, it's been more more apparent recently, especially the split towards with picture and director being more common than in recent years. Yes. So you think Alfonso Cuarón winning director um, both for Roma and for Gravity, but lost Best Picture both times. Mm-hmm. Example. Um, one time, understand. One, one time, yeah. One time, you know, you know. What? Fair enough. Other time, you know. Well, twelve is a slave. Fair enough. You win the yes. best picture. But that other year, that was yeah, a travesty. A travesty. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the fact that Coda's moving up is mm-hmm. taking potentially two awards that mm-hmm. the Power of the Dog a few weeks ago had in the bag, which yeah. makes it such a stronger contender. For best it's, picture, it's, it's the been... issue with it winning best picture is this: it would be almost unheard of mm-hmm. for a film without a best director nomination or a best editing nomination winning best picture. Mm-hmm. You have to go back 
decades, like 50 odd years or something mm-hmm. like that. And there's been recent examples of ones winning without one or the other. Birdman mm-hmm. won without best editing. Battle. That's the only film to do so since the 70s. And mm-hmm. with director, that's become, that's actually less of an important myth than editing is because um, we've seen recent wins, Argo and Green Book winning both, both winning best picture without director nominations. But it's just going to be such a, but the way yeah, that best picture is voted on now, it's, it's got, it's a different way of voting than it is for the other categories. So if it like if they like it in screenplay and supporting actor, that it's only other place to vote for it is in best picture. Where I feel like in the way that it's voted on, for you vote for your one through five, mm-hmm. um, your five favorites, it's gonna get twos and threes. Yeah, that's but then I, again, if so I was a voter, yeah, and a paradox is more of like you know, it, it, it's it's kind of like you know, if, if like again, if paradox won, let's say best picture. Yeah. It would make so much sense, you know, that sort of the, the the narrative surrounding the film. You know, it makes sense. It's it makes sense. Win. Yeah, I, well, I wouldn't say boring win. Um, it's a, it will be a forgettable best picture win. I'm certain of it. I think it's a good film. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I know. But I thought it was such all right a myself. safe bet. And I exactly. Finally, and when well, I was talking is... about it the other week, I was like, I find it very hard to believe that anyone would genuinely say that the Power of the Dog is their favourite film that they've seen this year. Well, with Coda, you can understand it because there's a lot to lot to like about it, mm-hmm. both in terms of sentiment, emotional sentiment, and also in terms of its quality. That's the advantage. Exactly, it has. it's a, it's a, it's. I wouldn't say the film itself is a slow burn, but the way it's kind of, you know, like you know, got a good response. You know, at Sundance, you know, it broke some records and it won major prizes. But like, it's peaking at a good time. It's peaking at a good time because people are like. Oh yeah, that film. I remember watching that. They've been know, looking early. for an alternative all season, and they think they thought it was going to be Belfast. And the fact that Belfast could only win British film at the Baftas when it's the most Bafta-friendly film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and you like the film as well? Don't I do you? like. I do like it a lot. I, I know. It's, I, a, I, it's not a bad thing to say that it's no, a, no, no. It's and a Bafta I, film. I, I would but say it just as is. Well. It is Bafta bait. Bafta it didn't even get nominated director at Bafta. Yeah. Like, uh, um, and I, I, editing here. What so. was so funny about when I saw Belfast is like because they played a trailer for Mur- uh, not Mur- uh, Death on the Nile, and I thought, how the hell does a how does a film how does a Kenneth Branagh film about the troubles in Nor- Northern Ireland be less controversial than a Poirot adaptation? That just yeah. made me laugh like when I was seeing that. Yeah. But anyway, I think yeah, like you know, this film this this year it does have you know when I talk about you know the obligatory you know feel good. Like, there's a couple of those this year you know you've got Belfast as we mentioned but I, even though I haven't seen it it seems like King Richard is kind of similar in that sense kind of mm, inspiring yeah, and then yeah um, and then you have maybe the obligatory you know bl- blockbuster like do even though you know that has art house it's, of, the, it's the point of having a 10 isn't it yeah where you have different kinds of film represented uh, represented um, so you've got foreign language film in there as well you've got the um, mm-hmm. musical you've got the um, you know, you got the chorus sort of thing in there with Nightmare Alley as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Western, you know, uh, yeah. So you have sort of like different kind of ones um, represented, but I do think Coda is definitely the number two now yeah. going into Oscar night, and we've seen time and time again a second place going into Oscar night takes it. So yeah. like, you feel like a parasite, like, parasite. Everyone parasite was that. a surprise, uh, surprise win. Well, Moonlight yeah. was definitely number two. That was sixteen to one to win Best Picture going into mm-hmm. nine. La La Land was one to ten favorite. It would take that level of shock for Coda yeah. to win, but people were predicting Moonlight going into but, that uh, but, but because again, of what because it's what people were talking about at the time. 
again and it, apart from like you know the the looting the, factor yeah and, the, and with the, apart from like the creme de la creme of, of best picture winners you know let's say in the 2010s you know like sometimes that you know if, if the film wins best picture there could be sort of there could be a possible black backlash in the sense and like in a way even if a film doesn't win best picture um you, you know initially maybe you're upset but you're like you're happy because it's like well it's like in the sense like it's like that kind of mentality is like all oh, like but it's it, it was it was my favorite or like it was you know it doesn't have this because you know because it gets you know it has this you know this kind of you know this this stance now and this kind of you know like it, it's this kind of popularity let's say within you know a, a major awards and there's many instances of that where like you know in let's say in in like 2017 you know like obviously shape of water one but then obviously you know like there are film like as much you know with, with shape there were other films that are you know the films that i love most in those best picture nominees that year you know like lady bird phantom Fred. yeah i remember not and, watching the oscars that year because i didn't mind who won because i liked all the films yeah that, that was that was a good year because it was between that going into the night it was like neck and neck between that three billboards and um get out it could have easily been any of those three. And I was yeah. like, I don't really care. I like all three. Yeah, it's. It, didn't Mark Mode say that kind of thing? What was it? It was like I think he talked about it with Lady Bird, with like how best pictures. He he predicted Lady Bird to win. Yeah, but he was saying he... the mentality of like the film. It's it's not the film that everybody loves. It's it, it's not the film that a lot of people love. Sometimes it can usually be the yeah. the film that everybody likes. But that's so the it, that's what still gives the advantage to Pounder Dog over Coda, though. Mm-hmm. Because more people will love Coda, but or, but also there's a lot of people that I've seen say it's like a TV movie. Oh, or, it's not that kind of level. Yeah, I know. I've heard, I, I know. Don't... I disagree, but I've heard that. No, and, it, and you I, could be listening out for those conversations. I, I saw one review. So, I, so since we're, we're going to bring names, I'll bring it up. Like in, in uh, your in the the YouTube channel, your movie sucks. He he kind of gave in his in his kind of more middling review. He said that like the movie was almost Disney Channel like, and yeah. I think as much as like you know that's kind of that. that I kind of like it's not that I you know I don't watch many Disney Channel originals so I can't really compare but you know this idea of you know some you know like say like automatically that you can you should just throw away something because it's like you know it's it's a TV movie it's like it's this weird kind of this weird form of elitism and you know you know like it like even if it was like I've been oh I don't think it wouldn't it wouldn't be you know a Best Picture nominee but it would be like you know you know it shouldn't doesn't shouldn't matter most of the time where a film comes from. The concern is, is that it's not going to get votes on its technical ability. Yeah. Because the thing is, right, Power Dog was a film that I liked, but I didn't love, right? Mm-hmm. But I, it would probably make my five because of its technical achievement. Yeah. You can say, and that's why it's going to win Best Director in a landslide, because it arguably is one of the best directed films of the year, especially of the nominees anyway. Mm-hmm. I think it's as strong um, as any of them there, to be honest. So it's a case where it's going to get votes in those twos and threes and fours, and that will lead itself to victory, even though it might not get as many number ones as Coda would. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I think he has a chance. It, it, it wouldn't like shock me too much if it won Best Picture, but it would, it, it would be a massive upset. Uh, quickly, before we um, wrap up mm-hmm. this section, um, I just want to talk about the Best Supporting Actor race, because yes. this was all wrapped up for Cody Smith-McPhee a few weeks ago, yeah. and then SAG happened. Troy Kotzer won SAG. Coda won SAG, uh, SAG Ensemble as well. Screen that's his guild, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, that like, and, and it was yeah. like, it's all shifted. Since then, Troy Cox has won the BAFTA and he's won the Critics' Choice. Um, and he has it in the bag now. Yeah, I, he's the favourite. I'm not saying the favourite sense of like, he's my favourite. I mean, he's like the favourite. Where do you, like, if you were to say the sort of, 
the top three, you know, most important, you know, not important in terms of like, let's say, you know, cultural relevance, but I mean, like, predict, you know, of like award ceremony, let, like of awards, like the top three most important, you know, to figure yeah. out what it is. Yeah. And uh, not to get, I mean, to that, like, to, to guess the chances of, of who you know of Oscars? Who when you ask oh, pre-shows. So, yeah. yeah, the pre. So, what what do you think are the top three award shows? Like, kind of place your bets. Like, it seems now the Golden Globes are just are just about about as about as yeah. relevant as the Dodo. Yeah, bird. that's the thing. Cody Smith McPhee only won the Golden Globe, mm-hmm. so and that means nothing for his chances now. Yeah, it means, well, it means um, not much. Ultimately, in general. do you think what it's... matters most is the guilds? Yeah, so do you think PGA, yeah. DGA, SAG? Producers Guild of America, Directors Guild of America, because like it has direct Award. correlation with who votes the Oscars. So you don't, so you don't, so you're not like considering like Indie Spirit Awards or the Baftas no. as well. Baftas Award because there's crossover in voters. Yeah, yeah, because there's people re- that vote on both. And I've also noticed in recent years, Bafta are like, like in major categories. They're not just copying, copying. the Oscar. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're actually. Well, no, I would say in the past couple of years, so they're trying to put in more terms of nomination, in there. nominations. They're not in terms of winners. They are. Oh, okay, fair enough. So, Maybe like, I'm... in Best Actress, mm-hmm. they couldn't go with the same as the Oscars because they went six different actors mm-hmm. to the Oscars five. Yeah. That's 11 different performances there. It couldn't go... They couldn't go um, straight to Jessica Chastain, who's going to win Best, Best Actress, because she wasn't nominated. So they could go left field and go with Joanna, Sc- Joanna Scanlon. And people are saying with BAFTA saying, oh, oh, well done to Joanna Scanlon for winning. What a, what a unique choice. Like, it, I predicted that because it's all they could go for, really. They're going to default to the lesser performance. Well, mm. lesser in terms of its, um, how, it's, how well known it is and how many people have seen it. Because they can. Because there's no tea leaves there. You look at supporting actor, supporting actress, actor, director, picture... Um, they all went to the major contenders. Um, if you include the screenplay categories as well, they all went to um, all went to American films as well. So where they could, they've gone for the favourite. And this is what happened when they when there was those massive changes last year. They just went for so you had people like Olivia Colman not nominated, people like that. Some of the major contenders uh, last year, they just defaulted to whoever was the favourite. So so like. Francis McDormand helped her massively win Best Actress last year at the Oscars because she won the BAFTA. The reason she won the BAFTA was because there was no none of her like peers um, up against her because they went for films like The Fossil Year Version. They also went for films like Rocks, nominated in that category. So like they defaulted to the film that's. Um, and I mean, voters like to be on the winning team at the end of the day, so yeah. that's where they default to. So I mean, I, I don't know how they're gonna. How they're going to combine, but I think they're they're going to match up pretty similarly. No, it's the old um, saying: yeah, we all root I, for I, the underdog. We all root yeah, for the underdog. But Troy Cox has gone from the underdog to second choice throughout the whole season to default mm-hmm. number one. I think he deserves to. These are these other four performances. I think are good. Like Teddy McPhee is fantastic in the dog. I think um, the other performances are just fine. Uh, J.K. Simmons is okay in mm-hmm. Ben Ricardo's. Kieran Hines. I preferred Jamie Dolan in the Belfast, to be honest. Um, and Jesse Plemons is just okay. I'm glad to see nominated, but I see it yeah. more as a, as a career nomination rather than a yeah. one for that performance. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it could. I th- I'm predicting two for three for Coda. I think I'm going to switch adapted to Coda from Power of the Dog, um, yeah. just because of BAFTA. Yeah, uh, but I we'll would see with agree. WGA. I think that'll be. I think yeah, like that'll be, that'll be... definite adapted screenplay, possibly. 
but yeah, and, 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 and I would be ha- very happy with though again I love the so, yeah. yeah good representation for the film I think that would be uh mm-hmm. would you recommend this film to people that oh it? absolutely if you have a if you have an um, Apple subscription this should yeah. be one of the your, your go-to films you know um yeah definitely overall, take that, yeah. I think this is easily one of the funniest films of of the year if not you know for me personally quite some time it's got fantastic acting you know fantastic dialogue i think it's got a really good heart you know it has good intentions its heart's in the right place it doesn't just have great music it's the it's how it uses music Easy. is also one is is great is some of the best i've seen um it, since i could remember um what else could i say about it um and i think it's just it, 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 it's it's not very I kind of like this uh, I like films as much as I like a film that's very you know is very um I don't know it, it's it's not it's not it, it's not in your face in it in its approach it's very it's it's it is very much focused on you know the key elements you know of, of characters and story and theme it's not you know it's 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 not like style over substance you know mm-hmm. I kind of it, it's very matter of fact you know it's 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 very you know it's very grounded both you know in a visual sense but in an emotional sense and in a, in a you know kind of in in its mentality um and even though i think it's also maybe and i know it's it's hard to say but i think it is actually um you know a great sort of uh, instance of representation for the hard of hearing because not just they're in it but that it's in a in a great movie and you know they don't make the film very you, they don't could he, they didn't fall into the easy trap of making something like a disability be very kind of dour and um yeah. you know um uh, you know it's you know it's like the whole film would be or the whole thing is all about the struggle um on yeah. whatever place that may be or whoever from so you know uh yeah i would highly recommend it yeah. uh, it's it's really it's a really easy watch it's not it's you know it's sure. it tugs on the heartstrings but it's not gonna i think it's it's a very comfortable thing again i watched yeah. it with my mum and we all we both loved it and we were glued to our screens what are your overall thoughts on COVID? yeah excellent really excellent film um i definitely recommend people check it out if they get the opportunity to um it's probably my favorite of the best picture nominees that i've seen so far i've seen nine really? and ten i'm seeing drive my car on wednesday that time but, i would um, say yeah like and this and you know maybe dune you know but that's yeah. just, that's just my um, own biasness but i've always said my kind of film was just nice films so yeah uh, i was always going to be a sucker for this kind of film but it, yeah it really won me over i would yeah, actually same, like yeah. it as much as i did uh, but yeah, I definitely think that people should yeah. uh, give it an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen the film and you don't want to hear what happens in terms of the final bits of the film, I'm just going to talk about it in terms of a spoiler review now. So if you haven't seen the film, and um, I'd recommend clicking off this podcast now and then listening to the rest of it once you've seen it. But if you have seen the film and you want to listen to our thoughts on the spoiler section, we'll continue that now. Alrighty, so uh, yeah, I just want to talk about the the end of the film in terms of the way that it gets around to its uh, narrative. I think I think it's very, you know, uh, very cliche in terms of how they have the the two, her and Ruby and Miles going for the same thing, but but Miles fails and yeah, goes, oh, I'm not sure if I should now. And then they had the big performance and stuff, but um, but yeah, I, I think that worked really because that Miles guy is no, I'm not I don't like him. No, I, don't, he... I don't think I don't think that part of the narrative worked at all. No, it was a bit. There was no washy. chemistry. There's no yeah. chemistry between the two. Yeah. Um, I, call, is... I just call him Sing Street Kid. Yeah, I, I didn't want to. That's what I was thinking about actors, time. but 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, but I think the film made up with the with the whole with the chemistry between all the family. Yeah, you know? yeah. So that so made kind of a forget... lot more of a sentimental sentimental uh, mm-hmm. route. You know, the the second performance that Amelia Jones does with with Troy Kutzer outside with the hand on the throat and stuff, so you could feel the yeah. vibrations was was really nice. And mm-hmm. it's one of those ones that. I think sometimes with films, the ones that are most memorable is some of like the smaller scenes, the more intimate the scenes. Simplest. Yeah, yeah, and and the chemistry that their family have, it's 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 fantastic. It's as closely believable as a family you can assume on in, in film anyway. But like TV it's different because you spend you know several years with these families. This is in terms of believability of a family this is as, as well portrayed as you can get there oh yeah they, they, they you could easily easily believe that they're a family and they you know they've, they've and they have different good and bad and you fully understand every character's relationship with each other as well within mm-hmm. that family which i think is super important um i just want to talk about the final scene as well because i'm a bit annoyed that it's just planted everywhere um yeah I, so like I, the literally final shot of the film exactly. so you have yeah you have the, the final I, shot of um of um amelia jones doing i'm doing a sign here you can't see it because yeah there um but it's the where it's the signs i really love you back mm-hmm. in the truck which i really like because it has the exact same final scene as in boyhood yeah um, with the with the truck leading off to college so, yeah, you know, okay, that's, that, I, that that won me over. Yeah, that but was yeah, a really good ending in a fun shot. But yeah, but when you it's, if you watch the, the trailer, spoils it. It's like yeah, it's an icon, it's a great shot and it's a memorable shot. But maybe don't use it in your it's advertising. It's become the iconic thing though, and yeah. and you can see if you if you put in hashtag coder on on Twitter, it comes up with the emoji of doing of the sign for mm-hmm. I really love you. Um, so it's sort of become the definitive shot of the film, which can be. Yeah, it's good for publicity purposes, but really bad in terms of because uh, I was because you sit there when you know a specific scene in a film, and this is what happens. We, we talk about with these kind of films a lot when we're reviewing older films. Um, you're waiting for specific shots to turn up in films. Yeah, and I was sort of waiting for that moment. It's sort of like mm, she hasn't been in a car yet. <laughs> you know, yeah. she must be going somewhere. <laughs> so oh, oh, she's going to college. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, but that's not the film's fault. That's the way yeah, that marketing is. Exactly. Um, is there any particular uh, scenes that you want to spoil that you want to go into depth? Um, that I want to spoil? Uh, no, that I just can freely talk about. Um, oh. um, not too much to be honest. I think it was really good in terms of uh, the scene in the bar with her brother. Yeah. and the um the barmaid there i think that was a really good one in terms of it, it's about when you say about representation especially disabilities it's about making people aware of how people communicate in different ways yeah and and having a interaction between a hearing person and a non-hearing person that don't know each other and meet for the first time i think is a really important way for people to learn these kind of things because i think with this and with sound of metal as well last year yeah really helps people in terms of understanding how important it is to learn sign language and also how to communicate with deaf people so you're not don't feel like an idiot mm-hmm. as such so just these basic things just like um writing stuff down texting each other texting speech stuff like that um can be these kind of things are really important in terms of representation um especially in terms of telling a, a modern story but i think it does deal with those kind of things a lot better than 
Sound of Metal did, you know, the the some of the deaf actors and well, the characters playing deaf people in Sound of Metal were played by people that can hear. So like Paul Racy is um isn't deaf, but he is someone that's worked with the deaf community, so it's sort of like been okay that. But um I think it works a lot better because that's the Sound of Metal is sort of dealing with um yeah. with how with the how deafness starts. Yeah going from hearing to being deaf and it deals with it in a very sentimental way eventually it's only until like the final five minutes of the film where you sort of get the message of it but with this you get the message throughout because it's people that have spent their whole lives deaf and having to deal with prejudice as as you see yeah with sound of metal i think their film is also also kind of uses it as into sort of you know present Addiction, Proper, yeah. addiction, and I don't mean addiction like you know what when people you know with drugs or alcohol or or whatever. I mean in, in also in a more broad sense as well. Yeah, it's losing your livelihood over time. Something mm-hmm. that was sort of out of his control happens to him. Well, this it's a case with dealing with something that um, you've always had. And there was that really beautiful scene where Amelia Jones is uh, in her bedroom and Molly Matlin comes in and she reveals about uh, Molly Matlin's character reveals about how she wishes that. Uh, she was deaf, the yeah. the a child, and those kind of things where you feel like, oh, that's all for parenting, but that's understand sort of like, yeah, you've got to understand sort of the difference in situations, and then there's some things that weren't really delved into that much, but could have done a lot better in terms of um, how Amelia Jones' character was bullied for speaking like a deaf person. Yeah, uh, that was something that could have been looked into a bit more um, potentially, but. I, f- I feel like that's probably a, a different film, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I think what this film is trying to achieve, it does very well because um, it's trying to be it's trying to be a lot more positive and not focus on the negatives while a lot of films that deal with disability do that. And also having actual deaf actors is so important in that as well. It's how many films have we seen with, to portray disability with non-disabled actors in it it's ridiculous and this needs to change over time and i think if troy cotter wins the oscar as well that's going to be massively important in terms of having um having someone that's with a disability up on stage as well his his speech at the abbasses was lovely Mm -hmm. because of yeah yeah and marley is she the only oscar winner for acting uh that's the only one The, the one that's only one that's won before. Has uh, there been any she was the only no. The, the Troy Cox is the first male actor to be nominated for. But um, she's she's the only she's only the only winner and nomination for actress. before before the for in uh, of any actor yes. Wow. Only this. one, only one in all the years and decades. That's of, of deaf people, not necessarily of disabled people. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm more. Spe- I'm talking more about deafness, not just uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, other forms of disability. But she's done very well over her career in terms of holding down regular roles yeah. in Hollywood. I really hope that these other two actors, yeah. Troy Kotzer and um also um Daniel Durant appear in more films over time yeah i i would he, yeah I, I'm, I would be very happy to see troy cutler again in a in a in a in a movie uh regardless yeah. of what role that may be and hopefully he isn't defined by this role yeah. you see sometimes where where unknown actors get nominated for major awards and that's sort of like they can't recover from that i feel, feel like um you know uh someone like uh buffett abdi for example has yeah. always been defined by that role in captain phillips where he hasn't been able to it hasn't been himself in Hollywood. He hasn't been he's, because he's so closely affiliated. With and that scene that is, film. you know, that fact, the most famous scene in that film. You know, like, like when he initially, you know, take, you know, he he 
Yeah, I'm the captain. Captain. yeah, and it's a and it's you know it's become a bit of a meme. And the only time I've seen him in another movie was maybe like a really minor Behind role. No, 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 no. It was in Blade Runner twenty forty nine for yes. like just a couple of minutes, and like an Oscar winner. You know, it only gets a, 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 a minor role, if not a cameo, yeah. in in the film. You know, where it, it doesn't really matter. I, yeah, I just hope that doesn't happen. I think if he wins, yeah. I don't think it, it will. But no, he's, he's um, not like it's his first role. He's a, he's been an actor for some time. You know, he's exactly. a respected actor. And it's actor. very difficult for people. It just says a lot about how people with disabilities find it really difficult to hold down place within their industry. And if it means that more deaf deaf characters are written into films, then that's great. Yeah, um, this this kind of yeah. opens opens that uh, more more of it, and I will be interested to see, you know, the this uh, uh, you know uh, the uh, you know films about deafness, both you know in in fictional and non fictional work. Yep. Right. Uh, uh, should we call there? Yeah, should we call there? Can I ask you a question? Actually, yes, no worries. Have you got? Have you done Dune yet? Uh, I haven't. No. Do you want me to do Dune with you eventually? Yes, please, because I can't remember anything. <laughs> oh, come <laughs> on! How could you not remember Dune? There's so much stuff that happens. Absolute snooze fest. It's not snooze fest. <laughs> Maybe because I, I just like know the scenes off by heart. So I'm like, yep, it's, yeah. it's the Gonjabar scene. That would, that would help yes, me. it's the attack on the Atreides. I'll be, be the 95, Dune fan. 95% of the talking. Uh, for that. It, I, I'm right. so I'm so annoyed that also just quickly yeah. after see you know how much Red Rocket I'm so disappointed it, it's it's not a, I'm not saying it needs to be a best picture nomination but I want to I want, there's no place I could discuss it with you know like it's yeah. not gonna ever gonna be on the on the, on you know anywhere else um, yeah but yeah it's like uh, well this... I'll talk to you about it after the after we finish recording oh uh, yeah all right all right um okay thank you very much everyone for listening I want I want to thank everyone for their recent support on this to the show um I don't get that many listeners but I'm grateful to everyone that does um I've just passed over 300 listeners overall for the show so mm-hmm. I'm really grateful for that exactly yeah it's called celebration that uh buzzing about that so thank you everyone that's listened um make sure to follow us on all these social media so twitter or instagram everything like that um you can do uh, to keep up with when we're next going to be uh doing an episode and um yeah thanks again for listening and goodbye thank you for thank you for bringing me on no worries brilliant thank you goodbye <laughs>